0: Greetings and hello, everyone. On today's episode of the Network for Women in Business podcast, we have May Kay Sang. May Kay is a launch and visibility strategist who specializes in building loyal and engaged audiences for purpose-driven entrepreneurs who are ready to launch their online courses Group coaching programs and membership sites. She does this by helping her clients land brand aligned podcast interviews as a guest expert to create what she calls value driven visibility by showcasing their expertise. So get ready to take some notes and enjoy Ms. May Key saying. Welcome, May Kay to the Podcast. I'm so excited to have you today.
1: Thank you so much for having me here, Tony. I'm super excited to share as much value as I possibly can.
0: Yes, I have to tell everyone and that's listening today that I actually found May Kay from her podcast interviews. It was one of the interviews that you were having. I can't remember the name of the guy that I was listening to on that particular day, but I was just captivated by everything that you had to say as it related to copy and how entrepreneurs can utilize their copy as a way of engaging their audiences and building loyal followings. I was really intrigued by that. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the ways that you have used copy in, you know, in your business that it helped you to convert your customers in, you know, and your leads into customers and your customers into sales?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, right now, um, I'm actually stepping a little bit away from the copy, but everything that I do now is actually as a result of all the things that I've learned as a copywriter. So the thing is with copywriting, we are never able to write a single word for our clients until we do customer research and it's something that's very easily overlooked by those who don't really understand the copy process So you can't really blame them but for us it is a it's our duty to really understand who it is that we're serving and so we do a lot of customer research so that can be anything from surveys to one-on-one interviews and I often go down the path of doing more interviews because you can often dig a lot More golden nuggets by actually speaking directly with people. But a combination of it is fine as well. And the idea of that is just being able to understand how people think and how they communicate their thoughts, how they communicate their struggles, their fears, and their hopes and their dreams. Because ultimately, if we're going to be using copywriting in our sales messaging, then we really need to be able to speak to them directly where they are. And so I found that just understanding this process. And having that empathy towards the people that we serve, we are really able to create that connection, which establishes that trust in order for them to trust us when it comes to buying into our programs or our services or any products that we're offering.
0: Now, I find that to be very interesting, and I noticed that a lot of entrepreneurs these days are surveying their customers, and one of the things that I've found, and I've gotten a lot of as it relates to survey questions, is I found that a lot of entrepreneurs are asking the same thing, and that question is, what is your biggest struggle that you're facing in your business right now? <laughs> And I've, I've, I've gotten to the point actually where I, I feel like that's a canned question. And yeah. is, is yeah. that, is that really a question that will guide you to what you need to be doing in your business or what you need to be saying and, and focusing on in your business to help your ideal customer?
1: Well, understanding their struggle, struggles is really important for us. I think the question can be rephrased in a different way. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that I personally use is something along the lines of instead of asking directly, hey, what are you struggling with is literally what was happening in your life and your business, which led you here today, because they wouldn't be on that survey unless there was something up and they wanted to resolve it somehow. And that's just another way to really um, kind of take the pressure off of um, telling them telling you upfront what their struggles are because not everybody wants to kind of say like, hey, this is what's wrong with me. This is what's wrong with my business right now. So that is a roundabout way of saying it that's probably going to kind of like ease them in a little bit more to actually tell you what's going on. So there are a lot of canned responses um, and canned questions because right now uh, I don't think the market is educated in this space enough because uh, we're only really starting to reveal what's in our golden book, you know? (laughs) And and that's just one of the many questions that we would ask nowadays instead of simply asking, what are you struggling with? Say, hey, what led you here today? You know, what can we help you with sort of thing?
0: I actually like that question a lot better. A lot, lot (laughs) better. Because I think that you probably can get more from asking that question than you can with, you know, what are you struggling with? I I personally find actually that question to be really negative. And Mm. I, you know, I I have a lot of issues with with that. (laughs) And I'm just (laughs) like, why are you asking me that question? And I I also find that even in, um, in a lot of the copy that I see with entrepreneurs, a lot of them you know, a lot of the copy is negative as well. It kind of speaks mm. to stop struggling with this, stop doing yeah. that. And it's it's very preachy, heavy handed. And it's, it's mm. really negative. Do you find some of the same things?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, a part of me actually didn't want to write copy anymore, because for a long time, it felt like that was all that was out there, until I actually stumbled upon a method by one of my mentors, his name is Rye Schwartz, and um, he's written for people like Amy Porterfield, Todd Herman, Devon Starr, like we probably, um, several people in your audience may know um, those big names, but they're big names. <laughs> and what he taught is something called coaching the conversion and it's everything that i've ever wanted to learn about understanding human beings meeting them when they are not pressuring them into a corner to pretty much say like hey your life's gonna suck if you don't buy like my program it's like hey is this the right decision for you right now let's lay out all the options and it's up to you which side of the fence you decide to jump on um jump to the uh, i don't know the analogy but, you know, <laughs> you know, you're making fence basically and you pick you know, um, they pick for themselves. We provide that opportunity. And for me, that just felt so much more empowering. And I think it really helped people to be like, Oh, thank you for like giving me the options. I want to go with this or like, Hey, thank you for not pressuring me into something that I'm going to eventually feel that buyer's remorse afterwards, you know, because the problem with that negative sort of marketing that's often out there, which is more pressurizing there's a lot of buyers remorse because they buy based on emotion and fear instead of logic and understanding, and that's where this method comes into play. Coaching the conversion is a trademark term, and it's all about meeting meeting people where they're at and helping them come to a point of making a decision that's best for themselves at that moment. And yes, of course, that sometimes means that the you know the person that we're reaching may not decide to buy, but. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people just simply aren't ready to buy at that moment, but they'll come back later and they'll remember the fact that you didn't push them into buying because everyone remembers that pushy kind of person, right? And you feel that icky feeling afterwards. I mean, I can, I have a visceral reaction <laughs> when some people come back to me and they're doing that pushy sale again. I'm like, I'm sorry, like I'm not going to buy from you because of how you're making me feel really crappy about myself if mm-hmm. I don't choose to buy from you. I mean, there's a lot, I think there's a lot, of the lack of empathy, um, from that traditional space where they like assume that they're just making excuses and granted some people do, however, you know, we will never, ever truly know 100% what's going on in that person's life right now. They could be going through a divorce. They, you know someone in their family could be sick they could be sick for you know you know there's so many things that we're unaware of and that's why it's so important to meet people where they're at and to help them where they're at not where we want them to go mm-hmm.
0: yeah I think that that's the guy that I, I Rye Swartz is his name right yeah. yeah he is actually pretty amazing isn't oh, he yeah. Um, one of the things that i found because I think that he's the person that you know maybe you were on his podcast or something like that I think on my podcast he was on your (laughs) podcast okay yeah Yeah, that's that's where I think I initially found you maybe I don't know as you know it was it was a great stumble upon I have to tell you that because (laughs) after I heard that podcast episode I just actually followed everything that you did based upon that because I thought it was it was pretty powerful and um, you know I I like his style and I can see a lot of his style in your style as well which is which is very much just a real person fun down to earth and for you to be able to bring all of that across in your writing and in your podcast to me that's just brilliant and I think that that's that's where that's where the movement I think is going I think that people are really kind of tired of seeing the same thing hearing the same things and they're more into real people real stories real conversations and I'm kind of happy about that I'm happy about that (laughs) movement because this is this is the space where real people are connecting with each other and be, having open and honest conversations. And, you know, you can't get more open than the conversation you had. I remember when you sent the email about your three-figure launch. <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah. why, don't, why don't we, yeah, why don't you tell us about that and why you did that and, you know, the purpose of being real and transparent in in that
1: oh yeah i, I remember you actually responded to mm-hmm. that you said cap two because i gave options like cap one you're either gonna think i'm fraud or cap two you're gonna feel like oh thank god she's a real person and then you responded something like oh girl i'm cap number two don't worry yeah <laughs> 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 oh, thank goodness so um the reason why i decided to do that podcast episode is because I feel that everyone and their mother online is talking about their recent six, seven, eight-figure launch. And don't get me wrong, I'm really happy for those people and, um, you know, they've managed to create that success. However, I do believe that, in launching there's much more than just a financial gain there's something that i believe it was jeff walker or somebody else mentioned this term it's called the launch echo and what that's all about is people often just think about the money when it comes to the launch but what they don't realize is that their launch experience that they created for their people, for their audience and for their peers, that's something that people remember. It's a lasting impression. So it's how you put on your webinar. It's how you run your challenge. It's how you communicate through your emails. You know, those things are what people remember. I mean, there are some people who didn't join my program the first time it opened, but when I sent out feedback forms, like to ask them, you know, in the nicest way possible, um, like why, um, why was this, Why didn't you join? Basically, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't ask. I didn't ask that specific question. I I asked it a much more nicer way, but basically people saying like, oh, literally it's not the right time for me, but girl, keep me on your email list. Like I'm Mm going to be at the doors when you open again. So that just goes to show that your launch has more impact on you. Than the money it's the lasting impression that you make on people and so i wanted to bring that conversation to light because i know that there are people who hide under the rug and don't get me wrong when i first saw my launch numbers i'm not gonna lie to you i was a little bit disappointed because of how much work and energy i put into it and then, But that was like my first reaction, but I also felt really disappointed in myself or feeling disappointed because I had two incredible students and I literally said goodbye to them like a couple weeks ago before we broke up for the Christmas holiday because it was the last session and then we had such a good time together, like they were such incredible students and I wanted people to know there was more then the money that should count when it comes to a launch. I wanted them to know the, the work that went into it, the mistakes I made and things that I did right. Because the, I, the thing that I know that I did very, very right was that I thanked every single person who joined my masterclass through a video message. I had the name on a post-it note so they knew it was specifically for them and had a personal message based on the things that they said in the masterclass. So I would track the name and the messages. And the thing is, no one really does that. There are very few entrepreneurs today who would actually go into the trenches that deep and choose to make that connection. But I'm at that point in my business where I get to. And so I really want to, you know, make the most out of that. So yeah, granted, it wasn't a 6 sticker launch, but I'm really proud of it now. And now I'm going to um, kind of redo that launch in, um, at, at the time this episode ends, in a couple, in a week or so. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a lot of lessons um, to be able to share. And I feel that not enough people talk about when they didn't quite hit their goals, but I wanted people to know, especially because I knew that there were going to be people, people in my audience who, you know, went for something, they didn't quite get it. I didn't want them to think that there were failures just because they didn't reach that, you know, six figure goal or something, that there is success in, in every part of our lives, but we just need to choose to look beyond just the figures
0: (laughs) yeah that's awesome because oftentimes we get the story you know at the six and seven seven figure mark we don't get the story in the beginning and usually it's you know it's a rag to riches story you know they'll tell you that oh you know when I first did it I did this then I did that but now I'm at this level but you don't Mm -hmm. hear the climb, you just hear the end result. So I I really appreciated you coming out and being really transparent as it relates to that. So thank you for that. Thank you for listening. (laughs) And so um, podcasting, you just started your podcast, you know, a while ago, and I wanted to talk to you about What is your take on podcasting today as it relates to entrepreneurs? I I personally believe that everybody should, you know, um, either have their own podcast or seek to get onto other people's podcasts. But what is your take on the podcasting trends for 2020 and beyond and your perspective for entrepreneurs as it relates to them either having their own podcast or getting on other people's podcasts.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh gosh. I can talk about podcasting all day. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'll be very honest with you. Um, So I started my podcast. It's called the quiet rebels podcast, and it's been around since June of 2019. Mm -hmm. So it's been, it's been out for a good, you know, six months. And what it allowed me to do is to connect to people in a way that I otherwise wouldn't be able to, because the thing is, wh- wherever you are in business, you've got to realize that everything you do, every video you put out there, every podcast interview, every blog you write, whichever medium you choose, whether it's a combination or, or like a single one of them, is for your ideal customer. And what I found was that while I was extremely comfortable with Doing videos, I did a lot of live videos back in the day. Um, I found that my ideal customer didn't have time to watch a half an hour video. You know, she's probably gonna be like multitasking and every and like you know, picking up the kids and just whatever she is doing. But I knew that video didn't really fit into her lifestyle. So I had to think, okay, I personally like uh, funny enough as a copywriter, I don't enjoy blogging. I just, don't. Um, I love writing emails, but I don't like writing blogs for some reason. I don't know. Um, but I do like communicating out loud. So I tried podcasting instead and I found that it was something that I suddenly felt like it was a second home to me. It was a way to fully express without, having to worry about anything else, because as someone who used to do video, um, I worried about things that clouded my headspace, like my makeup or my hair or my clothes. And those are things that I shouldn't be worrying about. But I'll be honest, I did. I did worry about it. And as a result, I wasn't able to fully communicate the value that I wanted to get get across Mm. to my audience. And so podcasting was my medium. You know, it was a way to really communicate and allowed me to show up in a way that I never used to because I was kind of safe in my little Um, bubble of facebook lives of whoever was a a fan of my facebook page you know but i feel that the podcast is able to expand so much more and you mentioned about podcasting trends so these statistics are more from 2019 because we just started 2020 Mm -hmm. and so i just want to give you an idea of how our competition stacks up in regards to these three different mediums so when it comes to blogs there are half a billion blogs out there and growing okay When it comes to YouTube channels, there are 23 million. When it comes to podcasts, there are only 750,000 podcasts, which are active. And so I just want you to like, just have those figures in your mind for a moment. You got half a billion versus 23 million versus 750,000. We don't have a lot of competition as podcasters, whether you're Someone who's hosting a podcast or being on a podcast. You can see there's so much opportunity out there, especially because of the intimacy of this platform. This is why it is growing extremely rapidly. And in fact, I do have a stat here. It's by Statistica uh, 2019, and it says 38% of podcast listeners will buy a product or invest in a service after learning about it on a podcast. And it's because we are able to hear the voices we are able to kind of feel their intent, right? Mm-hmm. And for those who are listening right now, I bet you are either driving in your car, you're going to the gym, you're on a walk, or you're just doing house chores. I don't know, mm-hmm. but we are with you. Tony and I are with you in your earbuds right now. And we are wanting to support you in this area that we're talking about on this episode today. So you can see, right, Tony, that this Medium is so intimate, and it creates that no-like-a-trust factor that otherwise is a little bit difficult to create these days. Because with videos, there's so many different stimuli that is kind of hitting us at the same time. We're so easily distracted because with blogging and videos, we have to carve out time to consume that. But with podcasting, it fits into our day on our terms, right? And so you can see that there's a reason why podcasting is blowing up it may be in its infancy slash embryonic stage it is growing pretty fast and this is why
0: wow this is some great information i'm sure you're enjoying this interview with makey and if you're enjoying it as much as i am make sure to visit our website so that you can get her resource and you can sign up for her master class So you can check all of that out at www.thenetworkforwomeninbusiness.com forward slash May And that's M-A-I hyphen K-E-E. So it's www.thenetworkforwomeninbusiness.com forward slash May And now, back to the show. Amazing, amazing, and it's just confirmation on this end because this is actually something that I tell people all the time that you know podcasting is like developing a blog and a website was many, many years ago. Now is the time to get in. now is the time to take advantage of it. So I mean, I'm really excited that you're saying what you're saying. So um why should we consider incorporating podcast PR? today over traditional pr in our online businesses
1: hmm. that's a really good question and so with podcast pr what i mean by that is like being a guest on other people's podcasts so if mm-hmm. you feel like you're not quite there yet with um we're hosting your own show then you can get your message out there by being on other people's shows. And the reason why I highly recommend this over traditional PR is because it's a lot more accessible to you and I. Because if you think about traditional media outlets, you know, there's a lot of gatekeepers that you've got to go through. But with podcasters, it's tip it's very often that you communicate directly with the hosts themselves, or it's their VA, but they often don't have this huge team that are gonna be gatekeepers for you. So it's a lot more accessible for you. That's one thing. And mm-hmm. second of all, because we have this access to them, like we have access to their podcast, we have access to their podcast descriptions, their website, the kind of guest that they have. So you can really get a feel of the kind of audience that they serve. And so this allows you to share your message to a super targeted audience. So that's why it's super important to get in front of the right people, to be on the right podcast, because you know you got to make sure that it's the audience that you're serving. That if you have that opportunity, then it's a one-to-many way, it's a one-to-many method that you can communicate there. But the thing is, like, imagine if you just went on to, like, don't get me wrong, it's a huge privilege if you went on to, you know, be featured on Forbes or Entrepreneur, like that's going to be like a huge credibility booster. But think of how broad that audience is. It's huge, right? And so if you want like highly targeted audiences, then this is a much more easier and free way that you can do this because it's not that difficult um, to guest on podcasts if it just comes with the right intentions and, you know, and being able to provide the value that you can to the audience.
0: Now, you, um, that's thats all really good information. And what I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited about is the fact that you actually put yourself on a challenge to get on a number of podcasts. And why don't you tell the audience a little bit about that and what was the purpose of it? and how they can benefit from doing the same thing
1: oh yeah okay so in the the summer of July 2019 I challenged myself to pitch to 101 podcasts in 30 days and the reason I did that was several reasons um, one main reason was that I found that my referral well was running pretty dry. So I had come a, I was a little bit complacent. I was like, oh, you know, I got the leads coming in, it's all good. But then there was a time when I got too lazy. I, I didn't market enough and I wasn't showing up as often as I wanted to. So um, I started seeking help from my mentors and I kid you not, there were four of them which simultaneously said at the same time, they were literally like, get on more podcasts. And then I was like, okay, that's great advice, but how do I do that? Um, But I've been uh, trained by one of my previous mentors who always said, don't worry about the how, you'll figure it out. Just, you know, get to the root of your why first, and then you'll figure out the how later so I did that not because my mentor said so but also because I knew that I had to keep showing up in a way that's outside of my comfort zone because my podcast reach was only reaching my network that I already knew so it was kind of like going around in the same circles and I knew that if I wanted to grow that That can't happen anymore. So that's why I set myself some big audacious goal of um, pitching to 101 podcasts in 30 days. And my mentors did things like 30 podcasts in 30 days because it's a lot more manageable. But for me, I'm really, I'm quite competitive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I wasn't actually trying to compete with my mentor, but I'm quite, in my eyes, it was kind of like go big or go home. So don't half, like part of my language, like don't half ask anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) just do it like go all in and so that was why i challenged myself and i learned extremely quickly of the biggest roadblocks that was likely to happen it's things like am i good enough to even be on a podcast to have anything valuable to say what do i even write in a pitch how do i follow up how do i even do this interview process so there were so many things that i learned firsthand and i feel that that's that kind of experience is kind of like my thing. It's my forte. I don't have 10 years of PR experience or anything like that because I'll be honest, 10 years ago, I was still a teenager. So <laughs> you know, I don't have that kind of credibility of like X amount of years under my belt. But what I can say to you is that I've been in the trenches and I know exactly what works today because I've done it and I will continue to you know keep doing it. Um, as I am right now, and so those were the biggest things that I've learned from, you know, going going through this challenge, is um, it's very intense, don't get me wrong, and I don't actually recommend starting off with 101 unless you're like me, <laughs> unless like you're willing to like set aside quite a lot of time to do it um, it took me a lot of time because I had no help and I didn't know what I was doing. So, um, I want to shorten that learning curve for as many people as possible, (laughs) um, through my content today and like my upcoming masterclasses and things like that.
0: So what were some of your results? So,
1: um, I'm extremely humbled and proud to say that because of, you know, at the beginning of this episode, we talked about empathy and meeting people where they're at. Right. Mm -hmm. So I really, that my experience as a copywriter really lent itself well here because even though I had no previous experience of being on podcasts and um, I didn't at the time I don't think I had like super raving testimonials or anything um, like I have today so you can really start from the beginning if you have something of value to give and for me I actually wound up getting a yes in every one in every three pictures I sent. So it was like 33% success rate. And many of the interviews were actually published and available on my website for those who want to see that I'm not lying. (laughs) um, Yeah, so that was my result. And it wasn't just about how many podcasts I could get on. It was about who was I able to help what kind of relationship could I build with the host and can I help them in some way can they help me in some way and I found some really good peers along the way and now like we're great friends so it's pretty awesome and um you know had some interview swaps so if you're a podcaster as well when you pitch on podcast um a podcast show the host is very likely to ask to be on yours as well and say yes if it aligns with you so there is it's kind of like how there's a launch echo there's also an echo when it comes to being a podcast guest as well
0: awesome awesome now I definitely see the benefit of being on other people's podcasts now I'm sure since you've launched your podcast you've probably had quite a few people pitch to you to be on your show yes. So, I want to know what are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when they want to be a guest on podcasts?
1: Oh my gosh. So, I mean this in the nicest way possible, but some pitches that the ones I immediately say no to are the ones that I can clearly see is for their ego and it's not for, I wish I had another E word for this, but like (laughs) I can tell that it's for their ego over the value that. Um, they could provide for my audience and even if they did have value to provide I wouldn't see it because it sounds like they just want to be on the show to kind of get more reach for their book. It's, I find is typically authors um, like they claim that they're like best-selling authors and they're just like oh hey is the, the vibe is hey you'd be lucky to have me on your show because I'm a best-selling author <laughs> like that's the feeling
0: <laughs> that, is, that
1: is communicated the energy that I get from their pictures so the the two biggest things to bear in mind when it comes to sending a pitch is number one, please personalize it. So what I mean by this is say their name and spell it correctly. Cause you would be surprised that some people like I get the pronunciation that that's, that's fine. Um, because I, my name isn't, um, the phonetic pronunciation is not the same as how it's spelled basically. So, um, I get that. But if they're writing to my email, which has my name in it, and they spell my name wrong, then I think to myself, oh, wow, I wasn't worth that one or two seconds it takes to look at my email to see if my name is spelled correctly. So personalization counts with their name and the name of their show. Because if they say something generic as like, oh, yeah, I love your show. Or what show are you talking about? Maybe I have two podcasts. Do you even know what you're talking about? So personalization counts. And from there... It's all about the value you can provide because the personalization is almost like the initial hook. The hook can only do you so much, but there's also, there also needs to be some substance there as well. So the substance, what I'm referring to is the ideas that you're bringing to the table of what you could talk about in the interview. How's it going to benefit their audience? not about, you know, how it's going to benefit you. It's going it's, it needs to be like something that aligned with you both. So if you want to provide value and potentially get some value back, whether it's going to be new um, email subscribers, or if it's going to be some new leads to your website, that could be a benefit for you. That's fine. But you need to lead with value first. Right. And so that's, those are the two things it's personalization and substance. So if you have substance, but without the personalization, some people won't read past that first line if you haven't even bothered to write their name. And so you need both. It's a, it's a um, harmonious dance between them. <laughs> you need the perturbation and the substance in pitches for sure.
0: I know that's right. It's always about W-I-F-M, right? What's in it for me? Not me meaning yourself, but me meaning the person that you're pitching to. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and it, um, and it, I think that it also helps for you to know a little bit about their show, having listened to it. You know, like even saying something like, you know, oh, my favorite episode was when you yeah. talked about whatever, whatever. You know, and uh, I I find that to be to be very helpful when when people actually understand that you are really into them you're excited about what they're doing and you can regurgitate some of the things that they've talked about in the past and what's your favorite part about listening to their show and you know and you know just all of those types of good things i think definitely help as well yeah it's all right to butter them up a little bit (laughs) (laughs) genuinely though genuinely though be excited be excited
1: yeah, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna
0: butter someone up, do
1: it with specifics. Like, give specific um, references to, um, like what? How do they reference their audience? So I know that um a certain podcast who like pitched to, she calls her audience potties, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I call my audience quiet rebels. So, um, you know, we often have names for our audiences or some isms that we have, like certain phrases we say, or um, I don't know, certain stories that we reference over and over again. Or even this is just like an episode reference, that counts. And to us, it just shows that, uh, okay, so you know our show, so I'm going to give you a chance. So, um yeah, the personalization really helps, and um if you have some substance that's going to bring family to the audience, then they're very likely to give you a chance. You'd be surprised how uh, low the bar is for a good pitch so guys we have opportunities here <laughs> oh, so ladies true. sorry i mean ladies we have an opportunity here
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's the truth now what else do you think that a person should include in their podcast pitches to get more yeses mm. so
1: yeah, the personalization the substance And I feel that this is something like, this is one of seven elements that I um, teach my students. And one of this is called the non-pressure sign-off. So I've actually had a host say to me that she accepted my pitch because it was good, but also the tipping point for her was when I said, hey, whether or not I'm a good fit for your show, I truly wish you all the best for insert show name here. So I said like, hey, I'm pitching to you. But if you say no, that's cool. But I do wish Mm -hmm. you the best. And that just, it gives like a good feeling. It's like good karma, right? Like you don't, you're not pressuring people into a decision like, Hey, you need me on your show because believe you me, I've had those pitches, but it's literally like, Hey, you'd be lucky to have me sort of thing. Um, but coming from an energy of true, truly coming from a place of service people feel that and so I highly recommend sitting in a line like that like towards the end after you've like pitched your ideas of an interview topic some questions that you could be asked to say that hey but whether or not I'm a good fit for your show I truly wish you all the best and of success for your business because that just like leaves it on a good note because no one likes feeling pressured and saying yes because that comes from a place of resentment people pleasing or guilt which is never a good um to start off a relationship
0: Hmm. So, Maiki, you have something really special that's going to be launching really soon, a new program. I know that just based upon the information that you've already shared, you've already helped a lot of people that have been listening today, but I know that you have a program that can help them go further, and it's called Show Up and Be Heard. Now, I like the name already, but I really want you to give our listeners, you know, a a little bit more information as it relates to your program and what they're going to get from it and why they definitely should participate i mean i think that based upon what you've already said they kind of got a hint but if you could tell them more i would really appreciate that well thank
1: you so much and yes show up and be heard is a program that i'm so so proud to bring to the world because it's all about really helping you to step into the shoes as a guest expert on podcasts because in this episode today, I've already um, shared some stats with you of why it's a great opportunity to come in now, not just as a podcaster, but as a podcast guest. If you don't wanna like run your own podcast yet, or if that's not in your, it's not in your cards yet, then, you know, being a guest still allows you these benefits of really showing up for your people to build a loyal audience, because when they hear your voice, they can feel your energy, they can feel your intent, and that accelerates a and know like a trust factor. So I want you, um, who's listening right now, to be able to have the opportunity to step into these shoes as a guest expert. But I know there are going to be things that are going to be coming up into your mind, things like, am I good enough? Do I have anything worthy to say? Is this right for me right now? Would I even write in the pitch? Oh my God, crap. They said yes. What am I going to do on this interview? Like I want to, like this is what this program does is answering these questions. So it's a five, it's a five step program where I walk you through like basically these steps. It's, building a strategy of how guesting a podcast is going to help your business because going on willy-nilly is not going to help you. But that's why we start off with a strategy, right? Then you got to know how to find brand aligned podcasts because if you go on a podcast, which is completely misaligned with you, it is going to damage your brand. It's going to create mistrust in people who follow you and it's not going to really create good synergy, you know, between you and that misaligned podcast host, right? So I'll teach you how to find these podcasts. And then number three, I'll teach you different pitch styles so you can pitch um, based on what you like to do. You could do long form or short form. Um, Like there are several examples I give and I do provide some scripts and templates as well. So you don't have to do it completely from scratch, but I will teach you why they work. And these are real life examples I've used myself. So, you know, they're not just coming out of nowhere and then when you've found those podcasts, you know how it's going to help your business you know what the pitch is and then you've landed the yes oh my gosh now you know this is what's going to help you so i want to help you to really make the most out of this interview experience so how you prep yourself physically and psychologically so i actually have routines that i will teach you as well because i am trained as a public speaker so i will share with you some um, exercises to really warm up your vocal cords and things like that just Way for you to kind of like step in front of the mic because this is kind of game time, right? When you hit live on the interview, that's when it counts. So you don't, you know, I don't want you to screw it up. <laughs> I will help you like feel you know, feel super prepared you feel super confident when you step up to that mic, right? Mm-hmm. And then the final step is what you do with the interview. So now the interview is over, is not just shouting about it the day it airs, is about how it integrates overall into your marketing plan. So how often are you gonna shout about it? Where are you gonna shout about it? Where are you gonna spotlight and highlight it? Just to give you an example, when you have a podcast interview under your belt, that will help you in future pitches. When you have a podcast interview under your belt, it positions you as an expert. So if someone is about to sign on with you as a client, but they're not quite sure yet, send them that interview, because that will position you as an expert, because you are good enough to be positioned as an expert on someone else's podcast, which is a platform in itself, right? So, in a grand nutshell, Brazil nutshell, as I like to say, <laughs> right, it, it, it's a complete A to Z kind of program. It's not just about the pitch. It's not just about the interview. It's not about the strategy on their own. It's all together, comprehensive program that will take you from A to Z through the entire process.
0: Oh, that's awesome. It sounds like an excellent program. And where can people go to get access to that program?
1: Okay. so at the time of this recording, I'm going to be opening the doors from the 21st to the 31st of january 2020 and um, where you can go is go to sign.com because from there you'll be able to sign up for a free masterclass where you learn a bit more about guesting on podcast and see um, if the program is right for you but if you are listening to this um, outside of that time frame so if it's after january 31st head to that link anyway because i will redirect you to a resource which is still going to help you to guest on podcast even when the doors are closed. So depending on which time you're listening to this episode, um, head to that um, URL anyway, masterclass.makeafan.com and it will help you um, get to where you want to go.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, this this has been great. I have to tell you that it's been full of value, just, you know, like you say, you work with your clients, you want them to be able to provide value. You've provided a tremendous amount of value for our audience and our listeners today. And I appreciate that. Is there one last thing, one last piece of advice that you would like to give them before we go? Hmm. Last piece
1: of advice. Okay, so there is very likely going to be a time when you think that your voice doesn't matter. And I want to kind of bring you into this, it's almost like a visualization exercise. Mm -hmm. And what I want you to do is I want you to close your eyes and imagine that you're in a field, an empty field, because there's some you know breezes going through the grass so it's beautiful when it's um, you know swayed left and right and this is all based on something that one of my mentors told me one day he said hell on earth is meeting the person you could have been hmm and I agree but I feel that we can really take that a step further and this is where the field comes into play. I believe that hell on earth It's meeting all of the people that you could have helped. So this field, I want you to imagine your first client, the first person you ever helped to achieve results. And then next to her is your second, your third, fourth, and so on. Just keep imagining all the faces of the beautiful women or men or whoever you serve, surrounding you in this beautiful field. Then I want you to hone in your focus on one person. And you see their face start to drop. They suddenly were smiling and then they suddenly feel really sad and they look at you and before you could even ask what's wrong, she says to you, why didn't you help us? Mm. And then as you keep looking around, everyone has that same face asking that same question. Why didn't you help us? Imagine if that was real. Because that is the reality we have, if we choose to back down, if we choose to say no, if we choose to stay small when we don't show up. That is a horrific reality And that is honestly what would happen if you keep saying no to yourself, if you still think that you're not good enough, but the truth is that you are and you have so much value to provide to the people around you and the people you have yet to meet. And podcast guesting is one of those ways where you can make a big impact because a one-to-many method, you can get your message out there. If you don't choose this method, that's totally fine. There are so many other methods, but my point is, this is a way. And if you allow fear to consume you, that is what the reality will be. And so I encourage you, you who's listening right now, the earbuds in your ears, or maybe you're playing this out loud. I want you to know that you have so much more to give than you think. So show up and be heard.
0: Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wow makey sang (laughs) you're (laughs) over here almost making people cry that was awesome (laughs) that was awesome thank you so much for participating in this podcast today i really appreciate you and show up and be heard is the name of the program that everyone should follow and definitely check out the quiet rebel podcast because this woman is a powerhouse. She is a quiet storm, a quiet rebel, just like me. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much for being on the show today. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a true honor. Wow, I couldn't think of a better way to start off our 2020 season than with May Kay saying. She was absolutely amazing. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share it with friends and to comment and leave us a rating on iTunes. It really does help, and sharing is caring. Also, make sure to check us out at www.thenetworkforwomeninbusiness.com. Once again, that's www.thenetworkforwomeninbusiness.com. Take care, guys, and see you on the next episode.